Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, the founder of X Squared Wealth Planning and Expansive CEO, where I empower visionary entrepreneurs to save wisely, spend joyfully, and support generously. And today on the podcast, I want to expand on something that I've been getting questions about lately, and I I made a post, um, a social media post recently about um, when money stories collide and what that means. So let's dig into it. One of the more interesting and fun uh, niches that I am drawn to and that's drawn to me is uh, entrepreneurial couples. And when I say that, I mean, you know, each person in a couple is an entrepreneur. They have their own separate businesses and, you know, they're running a household basically on, on two pieces of, you know, self-employment rather than one person having, you know, a steady, stable, um, paycheck and the other one being an entrepreneur. And it took me a while, which is hilarious, to realize why, why this niche is drawn to me. And when I stepped back and realized that, oh, wait, that was uh, my entire story growing up, truly. Like my parents both ran separate businesses, um, started out as one business when I was very young and grew to two different businesses um, as we got older. And, you know, that is, that is my, my life story um, is, is living in that space of economic uncertainty, I'll say. Um, in that space of, hey, you know what? You have to create your own stability because, you know, you're not going to get it from a pension and from an annual bonus and from, you know, working your way up the corporate ladder. Um, that was my that was my growing up experience. And so I have such a um, visceral understanding you know, of, but it feeling in my body of what it feels like to go through that lifestyle. And I also have the, you know, the knowledge and the experience now of helping those couples create stability, helping those couples talk about money, helping those couples uh, dream their biggest dreams and then, you know, go after them together. And this, you know, to me feels so, uh, I want to say it just is right. Like when I look at my work in the world, especially in X squared wealth planning, you know, most, most of the higher net worth people that come to me are part of a couple and, 
it was always my experience uh, in working with couples that we have to listen to both sides. I had seen it modeled to me and, you know, experienced it before, um, you know, in my, you know, previous time in financial planning, working for a bigger firm where, you know, one partner takes the lead in the financial decisions and the other partner just, you know, is along for the ride. Uh, and what happens with that is that, you know, eventually for one way or another, you know, either through death or divorce, um, those people are not together anymore. And if it happens to be, you know, the person who is not, uh, or was not the main money person in the couple, that can be very, very difficult. And so I always had, you know, this extremely strong heart for helping both parts of a partnership understand their money as well. So that no matter what happened on either side, both partners felt like they were on stable footing, um, you know, with their money. So there's that little bit of background there. Um, and, you know, when it was reflected to me, I actually had the question asked of me several times, do you, do you work with couples? Do you like to work with couples? And, you know, my, my thought there was, oh, it, you know, it's, yeah, that's part of what I do so much so that I don't even consider it special, right? It wasn't even like hitting me as, oh, this is something that's special about me um, in the way that I allow for the emotions of money to come up in a client meeting uh, between partners because it was just, you know, so innate to how I work when, you know, when that was reflected back to me of, oh, no, no, that's, most people don't do that. Most financial advisors want to gloss over um, the emotions or don't want to go there. Or, you know, when someone takes the lead, they're like, yep, cool. I'm just going to talk to that one. And we're not going to worry about anyone else uh, because that's easier, right? It doesn't, it doesn't bring up the, the hard topics like, Hey, I'm experiencing this in a different way. I don't, I don't feel good about this decision. Can we talk about it? Right. Um, or no, you know, I don't really want to retire at that time, or I don't really want to pursue this thing, or I feel really terrible when my money, um, you know, moves in, in different ways. And one partner typically was not being listened to in the process. So when I started like saying that and owning that part um, of me, of that, that part of my particular mastery uh, in this work, you know, being able to recognize the two individuals in a partnership or a couple and help them, you know, like, okay, we're, we're here now. We're not quite at the same level. Let's, let's come into alignment. Let's come into agreement. Let's see each other and hear each other so that we can make sound financial decisions together as a couple. And what I also realized through this is that, you know, we have different money stories. They mostly boil down to this 
similar core wound. We all, uh, as humans, kind of have this core wound of, am I worthy? Am I lovable? And, you know, our money stories can come up in different ways uh, within that framework. And it can also come up between two people who have had very different upbringings. So that's what I want to dive into next. So imagine that you grew up in one of two ways, right? I'll, I'll lay out the, uh, the framework. Most people either grew up in a household where there are two sides. Money was very scarce and they didn't feel that there was enough and there maybe wasn't enough. And, you know, there maybe were times where you barely had enough money for food. In my, you know, my family growing up, um, in that, especially in that, you know, zero to seven, age zero to seven range, where we're really taking in all the information from our environment and and just taking it as fact, like, oh, this is how the world works, right? This is how my world works. So this is how the world works is that, you know, zero to seven imprinting um, onto our, you know, subconscious. And for me, in that portion of my life, money was very scarce. I remember my dad working three jobs, uh, including the business. So he was, uh, you know, starting the uh, repaint business where, they would repaint residential homes, the inside, the outside, um, some bigger jobs. Like we were from Phoenix, Arizona area. So, you know, a lot of the communities there have like a wall around the community um, that needed maintenance and repair and painting. So he would paint a lot of those big projects, um, but very, very hard work. And it was taking a long time for it to actually get off the ground. So he also worked as a taxi driver and a pizza delivery guy um, in the evenings after working all day, uh, you know, painting and trying to drum up business. I also have three brothers. So there were four kids in the house and my mom uh, was extremely busy um, raising four kids, doing almost all of the childcare, you know, Think about default parent. She was absolutely the default parent um, and really took on a lot of that. Plus, she would also work in the evening sometimes, and she would also help with the painting business um, while we were very little. And, you know, there were times where we were on food stamps. There were times where, um, you know, all of my new clothing would come from, you know, having it just be gifted to me from, you know, someone else giving away clothes. Um, you know, so not even, not even like thrift store. That was also, you know, we would either go to the thrift store or like clothes would just be donated. Um, and, you know, my mom would make some clothes and she was very creative, very uh, resourceful for sure. But I absolutely had the feeling of, I cannot ask for what I want because we, we don't even have enough for what I need. That was the message that I received in that time of my life. And that's, you know, deeply scarcity uh, mindset. And so that, that was my money story from, from my childhood. 
And a lot of people go through something similar, right? If that any piece of that resonates for you, where you had that feeling of, I cannot ask for what I want or need because we don't have enough, that is a core money story. The other side, the flip side of that is, you know, people who grew up with everything that they need. People whose parents, you know, were very financially stable and they could ask for whatever they wanted and get it. They could have, you know, big, big birthday parties and um, go on vacations as a family. And, you know, they have these memories of, you know, just have not being worried, not having fear around, is there enough? Like, it's just not even a question in their mind. Of course, there's enough. Mom and dad always have enough. They just swipe the card and it's there, or they just pull out the cash and it's there. Um, And so when that imprint happens from age zero to seven, of course, there's enough. That is, you know, another money story. We don't on both sides, you know, whether, whether it's the, there's not enough, or of course there, there's enough, both of these deep-rooted money stories are lacking context, right? Because we're, we're young. We don't understand all of the pieces that go with that. Um, and when we grow up into adulthood, we can utilize these two patterns in very different ways. And when we partner with someone, and so what's interesting is, you know, this is couples like in a romantic relationship or business partners in a business relationship, right? It it can be either way. And truly, you know, this will also show up in every relationship, but we're just talking here about you know, these, these relationships where it's like really important to understand each other's money stories and where we're each coming from, because each person's money story from their childhood, if it is not acknowledged, understood and, and healed, right. Or going through the process of becoming aware, recognizing, and making a conscious choice rather than following a, a recurring pattern, you're you're going to have, you know, this this friction between the two of you. So even just statistically, we know that financial issues are a leading cause of divorce. And we know that cash flow issues financial issues are one of the leading causes of leading causes of business failure. Right. And so when I hear either one of those pieces, to me, I start to, I start to notice the unresolved money stories that are coming up in either side, especially when I start to hear language about, you know, blaming others judging others or feeling shame, right? Feeling shame inside yourself, feeling guilt inside yourself for not having done X, Y, or Z uh, with your money, feeling resentment, feeling resentment for your partner 
um, that they didn't show up in a certain way um, when you thought they should have. And eventually that can lead to irreconcilable differences, right? Like that's, that's what that turns into is that we are not communicating and we are not seeing each other in a way that allows us to actually resolve our money stories and work together. So what do you do with that? What do you do with that information when you, when you start from that place of, okay, I've got my own money issues. My partner also has their own money issues. What's the first step? The first step in my, in my mind is to become aware, to talk about what your money stories are to what I call this in the expansive CEO process is discovery, right? This is part of discovery. The expansive CEO method, just for anyone who's new, is discovery, alignment, and expansion. And that's discovering what you truly want to create in this world, what you truly want to create in your business, what you truly want to experience in your life. Discovery. That's the first part of discovery. The second part of discovery is where are you right now? Discovering all the pieces of where you are right now, financially, emotionally, you know, what's coming up when you think about your finances. Where are you? Where is your business revenue? Where is your savings? What are you paying yourself? How are you experiencing money right now? That's discovery. Alignment is getting your energy, your time, and your money in beautiful alignment with those goals that we just discovered. Now we know where you are. Now we know where you want to go. Alignment is how do we get there in the straightest way? There's like as the crow flies, right? Um, energy, money, and time. And then expansion happens. Expansion happens when you get into pure alignment towards the goals that you want to create. Expansion will happen in your business, in your life. And when expansion happens, there is a learning, there is a new space for you to fill and a new integration for how you allow that expansion to, to hold, right? You can either expand have stuff break around you and go, oh, that didn't work and contract back again, right? That's when our revenue goes up and down, up and down. That's when we build our cash reserve and lose our cash reserve, build our cash reserve and lose our cash reserve. How do we build in a sustainable way? How do we integrate our growth in a sustainable way so that we're always able to hold the expansion as it comes, discover something new and expand again? So, that's the expansive CEO method of discovery, alignment, expansion. I actually utilize that in both expansive CEO and my coaching, financial coaching there and in X squared wealth planning. Um, and the reason we start there, we start with discovery is because that's where each partner, each person gets to explore for themselves. 
because I don't want to just know what do you guys want to do together? You know, what do you, when, when do you both want to retire? What do you want to experience in life? Right. If I just ask those questions of the couple together, there's always going to be someone that's going to defer. And there's always going to be someone who is like, well, that's what they want. So we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll make it work rather than creating a space where both partners can fully explore what they want, right? What do you actually want? And then what does this other person actually want? Now, when you're in a romantic partnership or a marriage partnership of some sort, you are very tied, right? In the business and the personal. And so there's a lot there. But even if we're talking business partners, what you each want for the business is so important. We have to have a very clear understanding of what each of you wants to create. And on the personal side, this doesn't have to be completely aligned, right? Because say you've got two business partners and and they've each got a romantic partner, like the life stuff is going to probably involve their life partner, right? And the thing here is that we want that to be clear. We want that to be open. We want to understand how the business, how growing the business, how aligning to that big vision for the business is going to then allow for each side, each partner to live the life that they want to live as well, to experience the things in life that they want to experience. And so when we do that, when we see our partner in this way, when we see fully, oh, this is really important to you. It creates a space where we can have a conversation. And when we then come into, you know, what is it that you're experiencing now? Where are you right now with your money? Where are you right now with your business revenue? Where are you right now with your savings? Where are you right now with how you feel about all of those pieces? That's where these money stories really start to show up. So let's say we've got one of each. We've got one partner who was in the scarcity side of things. And we've got one partner who was in the, we'll call it abundance side of things. Money was abundant. What that can look like in a partnership can be, I, on the scarcity side, I never felt safety. I never felt like there was enough. And so I need to know, I need to know how there's going to be enough because I feel unsafe. I feel unsafe with our money when I don't know exactly where it is. 
I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to have it in a bank account. And I want to know where the next piece is coming from. On the other side, if you've got the, you know, abundance-minded partner who also didn't ever have to create the stability for themselves, right? This is this is where, you know, having that abundance mindset in childhood, this can lead to not being grounded in not it's not that you're not grounded in reality necessarily but you don't necessarily have the tools to create the stability that you experienced because it was just there so what this looks like in business is someone who is always optimistic that it's going to work out and sure it usually does right like a lot of times just that energy of like this is going to work out. That optimism is a superpower. It's extremely important. And what it does, if you don't back it up with tangible, actionable stability, that's when it gets, you know, you're experiencing these highs and lows and these highs and lows and these highs and lows. It's the inability to hold, hold on to what's coming through. So the scarcity partner is experiencing the highs and lows and just like sick to their stomach. And the abundance partner is like, yeah, this is the ride. You know, we're fine. This is going to be great. And so you can hopefully see and feel how that plays out, right? So what, what do we need to do then? What do we need to do in conversation? We need to acknowledge, we need to hear and acknowledge the other person's perspective, hear and acknowledge both sides, and then come to a place where both partners are honored, you know, and what that looks like, what the the fun part for me as the person who gets to, you know, have the bird's eye view and to see things from the broader perspective the answer is usually the same. It's just that each partner has been holding on to a different money story that's that's you know blocking their view of the answer. The answer is typically to have safety in a cash reserve, to have a cushion, right? That actually stabilizes your income um, so that, you know, in entrepreneurship, there will always be ebbs and flows. That is the nature of being a business owner, right? You are the one absorbing, you're the shock absorber. And so, you know, when you are, you know, you're paying your employees, you're going to keep paying your employees. You're going to keep paying your contractors. You're going to keep paying your bills because you are responsible. And what I typically see is that my you know clients start out doing that paying everyone else at the expense of paying themselves they're not paying themselves in some way shape or form or not paying themselves enough to actually cover all the things that they want to cover in their lives and so whether you're in the scarcity side or the abundance side in the money story like the deep down money story 
category, the answer is to build yourself that, that shock absorber so that no matter what's happening in the business, no matter what's happening in the economy, you are able to pay everything that you need to pay on a monthly basis. And you have a good, I say nine to 12 months of your regular expenses for your business. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to build up to with my clients so that no matter what the economic cycle is doing, you have given yourself time. You have created a time, a time padding, right? So if you are experiencing a down in client acquisition or in contracts or, you know, whatever's happening, you can pivot. You have built up a cushion that will allow you to keep paying your expenses as they are so that you can utilize that time for creativity and for pivoting your business and meeting your clients where they're at. And that, that is the essence, right, of, of really um, tempering that entrepreneurial up and down cycle. So let's look at it. We're going to do one more, one more example. Um, if both partners, both business partners are on the scarcity side, actually we'll do both sides because it'll be easy now that we've done the, you know, the hardest one where you've got two different uh, people. If you've got two people that were on the scarcity side of things and, you know, your, your money stories growing up, you know, were different circumstances, but they basically played into that same story. Those are the couples or partners that hoard money that like hang on to every penny of it when they get it. And they find it extremely difficult to spend. Everything has to be logical. Everything has to, you know, make so much sense. There can be no frivol frivolity. And, you know, spending on mentorship or coaching or, um, you know, a business consultant that's going to help you get to the next level. Anything like that feels like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why would we do that? I can do that on my own. I can, I can spend less, right? And so there's a lockdown in spending. And that also tends to mean there is a lockdown in business growth. Business growth does not necessarily happen easily when you're in this mindset with your money. What I see, what I see coming up with those, you know, people in that space is when they can open, when they can talk about the things that they experienced growing up that caused uh, this feeling of I have to hold on to it as hard as I can, or it won't be there. That's when we can, again, start to relax and soften and open up to new opportunities, right? This might look like utilizing, um, utilizing your cash, right? This, what I, what I see and have seen, and it's actually pretty funny is that 
this doesn't mean that, uh, you know, when we think about people being in scarcity, sometimes the image of that is someone who is, is, um, very economically depressed, right? Like they don't have a lot of money. They aren't uh, able to pay their bills. That can be the case, but scarcity happens all the way up through the millions. That is what I have seen, right? Like someone who is in scarcity actually has, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash all spread around in a bunch of different accounts. They don't feel like they don't feel like they have money, but when we look at the whole picture, they actually have everything they need and more. They've just been hiding it from themselves. From themselves, I call this manufactured scarcity, that they were used to being in scarcity as a child. And so they have created the conditions around them that feel scarce, even though they are actually really in, you know, like when we look at it, they're in a good place financially uh, from a data logical standpoint. And so when we see it from that side, you're really hindering growth by feeling locked down with your money. So that's when both sides of a business partnership, right? are in a business partnership or a romantic partnership in scarcity. Neither person is getting their actual desires or needs met because they are they are playing into each other's uh, desire for like just hanging on tight. The other side, when two people grew up in abundance, where everything was provided, where they didn't have to worry about money, this turns into the overt spending right? I can have what I want. I deserve to have everything that I want. I, of course I can spend, you know, multiple, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars on whatever I want. It's fine, right? The money will be there. It will always come. And then when they turn to look, okay, are the systems in place to actually allow you to successfully and repeatedly you know, make those investments repeatedly, um, you know, are you bringing in consistent clients? Are you bringing in consistent projects to allow for that level of spending, right? Like that's where when both partners are in that unrestrained spending area, that's where that can get like, oh, no one's, no one's paying attention. No one's paying attention to the money because we never had to pay attention to the money. And it's so interesting to then open up that discussion, right? To then see that a lot of times there's actually a lot of guilt and shame tied to not understanding what they should be doing with their money, not understanding better because their parents or grandparents or whoever, you know, had money and it was just there. So they never had to really learn it. And there's there's a lot of guilt and shame that tends to be tied up in that. So that story is a different one to unearth and also to let go of and then to make the new choice of how do I be a good steward 
of this money? How do I be so intentional, conscious and intentional about the choices I'm making so that I am staying in alignment? Again, we're going to bring back that alignment piece, aligning my money to my biggest goals and dreams and just staying so on track. That's what that's what that piece feels like when we've got, you know, two people in the abundance camp who also need grounding in stewardship and reality in a way that still honors creativity um, and celebrates and and recognizes the power that that comes with that immense creativity and that immense sense of things are going to be okay. That optimism, that optimism is beautiful. And so what that, again, looks like in practicality is we create, we create the buffers, we create the cushions, we create the shock absorbers, whatever uh, language resonates for you, right? We create that space. We see, we take full account of what is happening in your business monetarily, and then take full account of how you're feeling about your business. And then we can make a beautiful plan, a beautiful roadmap to actually achieve, get to the thing that you you know, are wanting to create an experience and it can feel good along the way because you're in alignment. You're doing the things that light you up. You're spending your money, you're spending your time in the ways that light you up. And so that gets you to where you want to go more quickly. It's a mix. It's a, it's an honoring of the emotional and spiritual side of who we are and the logical and practical side of who we are. And it's honoring, you know, the piece of, you know, this is, this is my creativity. This is my optimism. And then over here, you know, that, that the awareness piece and, and dreaming and, and loving how big of a dreamer you are. And then the actual application, the action, the bold aligned action that will actually get you to that dream. Right. So there's, there is this beautiful balance that we can create together. So I am so interested to hear if this resonated for you and which side I would love to hear which side you um, you experience life from and, you know, think back, allow yourself that space to remember what was your life like, especially your early childhood from zero to seven. Were you in a household that was more scarce where you had to really like watch every penny? What were the messages that you heard? What were the messages that your parents or grandparents said to you? about money, about spending money, about saving money. 
or were you on the abundant side? Was everything always taken care of? Was, you know, you know, your parent or grandparents, you know, are you from generational wealth or are you from a family where, you know, they were professionals that had really steady, high income, right? Like what was your money story growing up and how do you see it playing out now later in life? I would love, again, would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at expansiveceo.com and let me know what resonated from you from this episode. And if you want to know how to apply this method, the expansive CEO method in your life, in your business, message me. This is what I'm here for. This is how I help people. And if you're ready for the full, you know, I want the investment management. I want the full comprehensive financial plan. That's X squared wealth planning. I can help you there too. I hope this was illuminating for you. Um, I love, love, love talking about money stories and how it impacts us and how we move through them to create beautiful wealth in our lives. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep moving along. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.